0: Today's podcast is brought to you by KiwiCo. KiwiCo projects are designed to spark creativity, tinkering, and learning in kids of all ages. They make learning about STEAM fun. They're on a mission to empower kids, not just to make a project, but to make a difference. KiwiCo is offering my podcast listeners the chance to try them for free. To redeem this offer and learn more about their projects for kids of all ages, visit kiwico.com. Support for today's podcast is also brought to you by BetterHelp. TeenCounseling.com connects your 13 to 19-year-old with a licensed professional counselor right where they spend most of their time. On their smartphone. Simply complete a short questionnaire and you'll be matched with a skilled therapist in teamcounseling.com's network of specialists. Then once you review their credentials and approve, the counselor and your team will begin communicating directly. Visit teencounseling.com slash Meg and help your teen take charge of their mental health. Parenting Great Kids with Dr. Meg Meeker listeners can get 10% off your first month at teencounseling.com slash Meg. For 30-plus years, I've seen every type of child grow up. Instead of giving me what I wanted, she gave me what I needed, which was truth. Don't let emotions win. Let truth win. Do your very best, and you should have a lot of fun while you do it. And the better you get at something, the more fun you're going to have at something. You moms and dads are wired with everything you need to be a parent to a great kid. Welcome to Parenting Great Kids. This is episode number 89, and I'm your host, Dr. Meg Meeker. Today, we have a different kind of a show. I don't have a guest. I am going to answer a number of questions that you sent in regarding back-to-school issues and your kids. I really think you're going to enjoy this show. And remember, parents, connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MegMeekerMD. Or if you have questions, send them to AskMeg at MegMeekerMD.com. You know, parents, I love answering your
1: questions, so please send them in. Petri asks, Dear Dr. Meg, I'm having trouble getting my eight-year-old daughter to focus on reading and doing her homework instead of watching her tablet. What should I do? Well, Petri What I encourage
0: you to do is not let your daughter have her tablet until her homework is done. Now, I know it's tempting to let her watch her tablet when she gets home from school because she's tired and doesn't feel like starting her homework, and that's okay. But rather than give her a tablet, I'd have her go outside, play, do something, sit in a room, listen to music, whatever. And when her homework is done, then she gets her tablet, period.
1: Melody asks, Dear Dr. Meg, I need to know how to handle the transition after school. When my kids get back home together, they are mean to each other and fight. As soon as they get in the car together after school, it starts. It makes picking them up and bringing them home such a burden. I'm at a loss.
0: Melody, I hear you. You know, this exact thing used to happen when I picked up my three kids from school. You know, I called it the school bus syndrome. My kids weren't on the school bus, but they would get in the car and just be nasty, Here's what's happening. Your kids work so hard during the day to pay attention, to behave for the teacher, to be nice to other kids, that as soon as they get in the car, or they're out of school, they just let everything down. So it's like all of this energy just comes with them because they've been working so hard to behave and pay attention. So what your kids are doing is not uncommon. I just wanted to tell you that. What I would encourage you to do is um, – to tell your kids when they get in the car that on the way home, we're not going to talk to each other uh, because everybody's in a bad mood. You don't want any fighting. So I would play some music. I would put a book on tape and I would say, when we get in the car, this is what we're going to listen to. Second, I would say if anybody fights in the car or gets nasty in the car, then they're going to have to do some chores when they get home. So that will really motivate your kids um, not to fight in the car. And rather than say, you'll have to do chores when you get home, give them a specific chore. Now, when they get home, if they're still fighting, they need to be separated I'd encourage you, if you can, to get them outside in different spots. Um, but they need to work the kinks out. They need to be outside. They need to be running around. They need to be moving. Worst thing they can do is get home and sit down and watch a movie or something. So on the way home in the car, motivate them not to talk by telling them if anybody talks, there's going to be a chore they have to do address the issue with them and say, I know everybody's in a bad mood, but this is what we're going to do. And finally, when they do get home, they need to be separated and they need to move. That's what worked for me, Melody, and I believe it'll work for you.
1: Candelaria asks, Dear Dr. Meg, how do I get my kids to wake up earlier? I can't get them up and moving without a fight. Do you have suggested bedtime and morning routines now that school is back in session?
0: You know, Candelaria, this is a very common problem, particularly the first month that kids are back to school because they're used to going to bed late and getting up late and um, not having to perform or anything or get ready for school. So what I encourage you to do with each child is have at least a 20-minute bedtime routine. And that should include you know, getting ready for bed, brushing teeth, so forth, going in their room, listening to some soft music. No, no, no screens in the bedroom because that will keep kids up later at night. So no cell phones, no iPads, no computers. That'll really help with your kids. In the morning, what I would tell your kids is here's how it's gonna go during the school year. If you have a hard time getting up in the morning or you're fighting with your siblings, you will have to go to bed half an hour earlier than everyone else. And if you do that for a couple of mornings, I can almost guarantee you that your kids are gonna get up and get moving in the morning and stop fighting because no kid likes to go to bed earlier than his or her siblings. Now, if you're going to do that and say, if you fight, you have to go to bed earlier tonight, you have to follow through and make sure they go to bed earlier that night.
1: Angie asks, Dear Dr. Meg, I need help dealing with my own anxiety. My daughter seems to be doing well at school, but it bothers me that she sits alone on the bus, which she seems fine with, and she's perfectly happy with the two friends she has in class. I know it's a big trigger for me.
0: Angie, it sounds to me as though your daughter is perfectly fine and this is your issue. Most kids don't need more than one or two good friends. And and as a matter of fact, you don't want your kids to have five or six or ten friends because one of those friends or two of those friends ultimately is going to be a bad influence on them. I would ask you, Angie, why does this bother you so much? When you were a child, did you feel alone? Did you feel like you didn't fit in? Did you feel that you always wanted more friends but nobody liked you? It could be that you're projecting your own discomfort with your past onto your daughter. So you need to stop doing that and to realize, let your daughter alone. She is fine. This is your issue. And I would encourage you to talk through either with your husband, a pastor, a friend, um, and I think you can resolve this.
1: Edward asks, Dear Dr. Meg, I have two girls going back to school. One is in middle school and the other one goes to middle school next year. Boys are the problem. How do I protect them as a dad? Oh, Edward, you're such a wonderful dad Um, to be thinking
0: about protecting your daughters in school. The most important thing to do is to spend a lot of time with your girls. And here's why. Because girls are going to always compare a boy, whether it's a boy as a friend or a boyfriend with your behavior. So if you speak nicely to them, if you talk with them courteously, they're going to expect boys to do the same. That means if a boy at school gets crass or does something to her that she's not used to, she's going to have a check inside of her that says, wait a minute, this is not okay. My dad doesn't do this. I also encourage you to talk to her about the difference between boys and girls in middle school and tell them how they behave and why they behave a certain way. And also tell your girls what to expect from boys and what not to expect from boys. So if you work directly with your girls on modeling good male behavior to them, and you also talk with them about what type of behavior they should expect from a boy, that is going to carry them, and that's the best thing that you can do to protect your daughters. Also, I encourage you to read my book, Strong Father, Strong Daughters, if you haven't already, because there's some other good tips in there as well.
1: Rena asks, Dear Dr. Meg, how do I deal with the junk food that is given for snack time at my child's school? As the parent, I feel I should be in charge of what my child is eating. Well, Rena,
0: it's interesting. I was having the same conversation with my daughter about my granddaughter's uh, snacks at school because we like her to eat healthy things. And often, as you know, other parents will bring in Cheetos, cupcakes, juice, and so on and so forth. You should be in charge of what your child is eating. However, when your child isn't in your care and another adult is in charge, um, you're not in charge of that and you need to reconcile that. What I encourage you to do is to go to the teachers and say, you know, I think it's really important for us parents to work hard at bringing healthy snacks in um, for snack time. And if she's open to that, maybe give her some snack ideas that are healthy. Uh, you know, zucchini bread, um, hummus and vegetables, things like that water, milk instead of juice. So you don't want to be obnoxious when you go in and talk to the teacher and sort of act very haughty about this, like you're the only one that feeds your child a healthy snack. But ask, recruit the recruit the teacher's help and offer to give a list of healthy snacks that parents could make, and then ask if she would be willing to give them out to the other parents. Ask her not to tell the other parents that you wrote the list up because then they're going to feel very, very self-conscious about it. But make up that list. Ask the teacher if she'd be willing to hand it out if she is terrific. And if she isn't, oh, well, you tried. And then you just have to sort of deal with it. Um, Snack time is going to disappear very shortly after your kids are in uh, elementary school and at least by middle school. So then you will be back in charge of what your kids eat while they're at school.
1: Judy asks, Dear Dr. Meg, my struggle is missing my children as I send them back to college. I'm trying to trust God to hold them up in love and truth with His hand. Do you have any advice? Yes.
0: Uh, Judy, it is hard when you send your kids back to college. You miss them, um, and you feel in some way that part of your motherhood was taken away because they don't need you as much um, when they're away at college. They need you in a very different way. So the first struggle is dealing with your own sadness about having your kids leave. It's normal to be sad and it's normal to grieve. And that usually should last about a month. To help you get through that I encourage you to really get involved in other kind of activities, either with your church, with a local ministry. You need to have something that you do that taps into a different part of your identity other than being a mom. Because remember, God gave you many gifts in addition to being a mom, and it's really important that you tap into those and start to use them now. That really will help with your struggle with missing your children. As far as God protecting your kids while they're away at college— God is good and God is trustworthy. So it's really important to just keep praying for them. I also would encourage you to periodically call them, you know, once or twice a week. Hey, how are things going? How are your friends? And ask what their friends are doing. If you're worried about your kids being exposed to, you know, sex and drugs and drinking and that kind of a thing, just ask if that's an issue or a problem or a struggle for them at college. Don't ask them in a way where you expect them to be involved in it, but rather give them the benefit of the doubt and say, do you see much of that? And how are you dealing with it? And You know, is there anything I can do to help you, to encourage you just to sort of stay on the straight and narrow? The other thing that I would do is encourage your kids to each find one friend that they can become close to who is moving in the same direction as they are. For instance, if your daughter goes off to college and says, I don't wanna drink while I'm in college, then you need to say, it's important for you to find another girlfriend who doesn't wanna drink. And the two of you stick together so that you can hold each other up and support each other. Because I will tell you, if a son or a daughter doesn't have any friends at school who are an ally and who believe in the same values they do. They're going to get knocked down because it's the, the uh, pressure at college to do things they don't want to do is really overwhelming. So I think if you do those things first for yourself, find an activity, ministry, whatever that you can throw yourself into to use other gifts to take your mind off of your kids so that you're you're expanding your dimension beyond just being a mom. Second thing is you gotta pray for your kids while they're off at school. Third thing, touch base with them once or twice a week and encourage them to find a close friend who is going to walk with them in the way that they wanna go and then ask them what their struggles are and if there's anything you can do to help. Other than that, they're on their own. And you need to be confident that you gave them deep roots and that those deep roots are going to serve them very well. And they will.
1: Missy asks, Dear Dr. Meg, my kids have no one to play with at school. This breaks my heart. What can I do as a parent? Well, Missy, I would first ask, does this
0: bother your kids? You know, some kids are introverts and they're happy sort of standing in the back, watching people and not really engaging with other kids. So I would ask your kids if this bothers them or if it doesn't. Some kids are very quiet, they're introverts and they're perfectly happy. If you find that your kids really are unhappy because they don't have anybody to play with at school, teach them how to reach out to other kids and ask one other kid in their class to do something with them. Ask if they'd like to invite somebody over, one person um, over to your house after school and offer to help make that happen. If those things don't work, the other option you have is to find... um, activities that are outside of school that your kids can join and see if they can find a friend or two um, in that activity. Maybe your daughter likes to dance or do gymnastics. Maybe your son likes to play the oboe or play soccer. There are other places and other groups that your kids can tap into to find friends. So if you find possibility of friends either at school or in an extracurricular activity, first encourage your kids to reach out to that kid and ask if they want to do something but if they're just too shy maybe you can help make that happen by calling the other kid's mom but what your kids are experiencing is not uncommon they might just be shy but if it does bother them try those things and i'm sure they're going to find a friend eventually support for today's show comes from third love with more than 80 sizes including their signature half cup sizes Third Love designs bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. Friends, I love Third Love bras. You don't have straps digging into your shoulders or tags itching you. Honestly, when I have a Third Love bra on, I don't even know I have a bra on. They're that comfortable. This is hands down the most comfortable bra you'll own with straps that won't slip and tagless labels, not to mention lightweight, super thin memory foam cups that mold to your shape. And best of all, every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, you can return it and 3rd Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. 3rd Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash Meg now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash Meg for 15% off today. Friends, have you heard about this company making stylish shoes out of recycled plastic water bottles, Rothy's has quickly grown to a most loved gotta have them brand. You know, I love Rossies, and here's why. They're made out of recycled plastic water bottles, which you'd never believe when you see them. They're extremely comfortable. You can throw them in the washing machine and wash them and you can wear them to work, out to dinner if you're dressed up, and you can even wear them around the house or to the beach like I've done before. As I said, no matter where you wear them, if they get dirty, simply throw them in the washing machine and you've got great looking brothies. Rothies are the perfect everyday shoes for life on the go. They're stylish and comfortable and they come in an ever-changing array of colors, prints, and patterns, and styles like sneakers, loafers, points, and more. Plus, since Rothy's are seamlessly knit using thread made from plastic water bottles, they're ultra comfortable as you slip them on. Better yet, Rothy's has diverted over 35 million water bottles from landfills already. Another major bonus, they're fully machine washable. It's like getting a fresh pair every laundry day. Check out all the amazing styles available right now at Rothy's dot com slash meg shipping returns and exchanges are free so there's no risk no worries no reason not to try go to rothys r-o-t-h-y-s dot com slash meg to get your new favorite flats comfort style and sustainability these are the shoes you've been waiting for head to rothys.com
1: slash meg today mary asks dear dr meg My sweet five-year-old is picking up attitude and disrespectful behavior from kids on the bus. What do I do?
0: Mary, your daughter's going to run into this for many, many years. And at five, she doesn't have the wherewithal to tell kids to stop. And actually, she probably shouldn't because she's only five. I would remove her from the situation. If you have a five-year-old or a six-year-old or a seven-year-old who's constantly exposed to bad behavior, you remove the child from that behavior because they're so influential. So if you can find a way to drive your daughter to school, do so, but get her off that bus because the driver of the bus is not going to be able to change any of those kids' behaviors.
1: DJ asks, Dear Dr. Meg, I am struggling to balance everything, work, time with both kids, activities, making time to cook, and household chores, help.
0: (laughs) Oh, DJ, you know, welcome to motherhood in the 21st century. It's very hard. Here's what I encourage you to do. You take out a piece of paper and you write down the things you just told me, work, time with kids, activities time to cook, and household chores, and you rate them in order of priority. And probably your priority would be something like this. One, time with kids. Two, work. Three, kids activity, and so forth. And then I would find out what you can do to take the bottom two and either let them go or find a way to spend a lot less time doing them. Let them go. You can't be perfect at everything. You can't be a good employer or employee and spend wonderful time with your kids as much as you want and make sure your kids are doing two or three activities after school and cooking and doing household chores. No woman could do that. So what I would encourage you to do is let some of the household chores go. When it comes to chores, you have to recruit your kids' help. When it comes to cooking, you cook maybe three or four good meals a week, and then you do sandwiches, soup, or something very simple the other nights. The other thing I encourage you to do is to really dial down on outside activities. I had a rule with my kids, even through high school, that outside of school, they were allowed one extracurricular activity Per semester. Now, I know that sounds harsh, but I'll tell you, they really appreciate it as they got older because the less you're driving them around, the more time you have with your kids. And believe it or not, your kids want more time with you. They want more time with the family. They won't say that and they'll balk when you tell them you're going to do that. But I guarantee you as they get older, they'll be so grateful that you dialed down their activities and you spent more time together as a family.
1: Cassidy asks, Dear Dr. Meg, my daughter started high school and I am wary of letting her out of my sight. How can I know what she is up to and that she is safe while respecting her new life as a high schooler?
0: Cassidy, I think it's really important that you as a parent know the environment that you're sending your daughter into. How big are the classes she's going to be in. What are the kids like who are there? What are the teachers like? Sometimes you can even just show up at school at odd hours of the day and walk around the halls and leave or pretend you're dropping something off at your daughter's locker. In other words, you need to have your finger on the pulse of the environment of the school. If you sense that the environment of the school is unhealthy, your daughter needs to go to a different school. If, however, you feel that it's really pretty reasonable, the teachers are pretty good, and for the most part, the kids are pretty good kids, then you need to let go a little bit and let your daughter know that you are allowing her to sort of read her environment and come to you if she senses there's something awry. So you wanna keep open communication with your daughter. You need to talk to your daughter in a way that tells her, I'm not suspicious that you're doing bad stuff, but I'm, as a parent, I'm concerned about you um- experience some some things that you've never experienced before. She's a freshman. She's going to be around senior boys and girls. So acknowledge that she's going to have a lot of new experiences and that you as her mother want to help her through those things. So you're talking to her as though you are her ally, not her enemy who's waiting to tell her what a bad kid she is. And so if you keep the communication with her going, Know what's going on in her school and really talk to her teachers and have a good sense of what that environment is like. And if you feel it's bad and unhealthy, then you need to make some changes. And finally, you need to keep good communication going with your daughter and let her know that the high school years present new challenges. You understand it. You have full confidence that she can navigate those new situations. But you as her mom want to help her in any way you can. Talk as though you're her ally and don't talk to her as though you are suspicious of everything that's happening. And as you do that, you will become a lot more confident in your daughter's experience at school.
1: Jocelyn asks, Dear Dr. Meg, I am struggling to teach my child how to respect others on the playground. He's being aggressive and I wonder if this is due to a new school. Any tips?
0: Sure, Jocelyn. The first thing that I would ask is, is your son disrespectful only on the playground or is he disrespectful to others in the classroom, um, outside of school? So try to figure out whether this is an isolated incidents, like is it only on the playground that he's aggressive with kids? If it's only on the playground and you say, no, he's fine in classroom, he's fine when he's home, chances are he's being aggressive on the playground to get attention from the boys. He's really kind of showing off and he's trying to fit in with other kids. And boys will often do this by being very aggressive and that's how they get the attention. If this is the case then you need to sit down and talk with him and say, hey, how can I help you um, spend some more time with these boys and get to know them? Would you like to have you know, one of the kids in your class over on a Saturday? In other words, you're trying to teach him how to get attention from the kids in his class in a healthy way, how to establish a healthy friendship without having to try to use aggression to get attention from other kids. If you say, you know, he really is aggressive, not just on the playground, but in school as well, then I would encourage you to go to the teacher and say, what are you seeing in my son? If this is brand new behavior for your son, it could be that he's anxious because he's in a new school. And and therefore, I would just watch it and see if it goes away. But still, I would talk to the teacher about it and say, what are you seeing? Um, and tell her, this is new for my son. Do you have any tips for me? If you tell me that he's being aggressive all the time at home and on the playground and at school, I think you have a problem beyond his acting out because it's a new school. He really has an aggression problem. And kids who have aggression problems usually have a need for more attention. They're acting out for more attention. They have some insecurities or they may be acting out aggressively because they have something like Attention issues or hyperactivity issues. So those are the kinds of things that you need to seek help from your doctor with. So just to summarize, if it's only aggression on the playground, then your son is trying to get attention from the kids in his class. Offer him a way to become friends with kids in his class in a healthy way. If you find he's aggressive in school throughout the day, talk to the teacher. Ask what she's seeing. And if this is a new phenomenon for him, he was not aggressive last year, then talk to his teacher about it and talk to him about the fact that in order to get along in his new school, he's got to learn to feel more comfortable. Things are going to get better over time. And finally, if it's an aggressive issue all the time, you need to talk to your pediatrician because there could be something bigger going on that you don't see.
1: Adriana asks, How do I get my kids to do their homework or for that matter, develop a strong work ethic in general? It's a daily difficult battle.
0: Well, that's very common. It really depends on how old your kids are. One of the things that I see is boys in particular losing interest in doing homework in high school um, because they just are sort of developmentally behind girls. And many boys will really kick into gear after high school. So it depends on the age of your kids and it depends on the sex of your kids. There are two ways primarily to motivate kids, reward or punishment. And of course, you always try rewards first. In other words, if you get your homework done every night this week, then this weekend, I will let you blank. Play with your friends, I'll take you to a movie, um, you can go to your the soccer game, you know, you can go watch me. In other words, you give them a reward on the weekend. If you find that your kids just won't respond to that, then you need to start taking things away. You know what? If you you don't get your homework done, then I have no choice but to keep you home from a movie, from going to a friend's house. If your child is older, let's say, You have a son who's a freshman or sophomore in high school, and he absolutely will not study, but he loves playing soccer. Well, if he refuses to study and his grades are going down and he's not responding to reward, then you need to say, here's the deal. If you don't get your homework done during the week, next week, You can't go to football practice. You can't go to soccer practice. You really need to um, make the punishment more severe. It needs to be something that the punishment needs to be something that he wants to avoid. And this sounds harsh, I know, but motivating your kids and getting their schoolwork done is to me, is more important than they're pursuing their sports, unless you think your son's going to be, you know, an NFL player or whatever. Um, Finally, I think it's important to model a good work ethic. In other words, your kids should have chores to do at home beyond getting their homework done. And each one of your kids should have a chore that is theirs so that they see that part of being in your family is working, is contributing to the family. One of the kids could clean a bathroom, the other kid could be involved in vacuuming, the other be involved in uh, you know, folding everybody's laundry or cleaning the kitchen, you know what I'm saying. And if kids see that their siblings have to do work as well, it's gonna take the sting out of their having to do their own chores. And this is how kids really develop a strong work ethic. Also, we just finished summer, but I encourage parents to have their kids have a summer job. Now, if your child is 12 or 13 and, you know, can't get a a regular job, have them mow someone's lawn, have them go over to the neighbors and weed their garden, find a regular chore that they can do on a day to day basis that they need to follow through with. And that's one of the best ways to build a strong work ethic in your kids. And finally, you need to be working alongside them. And I'm sure, you know, you're not going to have your kids do household chores and you're sitting um, sitting on the couch. But if you model a good work ethic and you have everybody in the family participate in a regular um, day-to-day chore, that's going to help. And then when it gets down to homework, you try reward first. And if that doesn't work, you have to start taking things away.
1: Daniela asks, Dear Dr. Meg, our son is 11 years old and he just started middle school. How do we ask him about his day or how he's feeling without him being upset with us for constantly asking <laughs> if everything is okay at school?
0: What a great question. Particul- an 11-year-old boy in particular is not very quick to offer information particularly to mom because they you know puberty's coming on they like to k- keep things private um they feel they can handle things rule number 1 never ask your kids about their day right when they get home from school they don't want to talk about it they don't really even want to talk to you as i said there's this letdown period after school that they just need to to go through the best time to ask your son questions or just chat with him is right before bedtime. Kids are winding down, they're a little more relaxed. Go into his room, sit on the edge of his bed and say, you know, hey, um, I'm going to say my prayers tonight. Anything you want me to pray for, for you? Do you have a, a test coming up? Um, is soccer going okay? Is there a, a friendship you're, you know, struggling with? So keep it very, very light. If you're not a prayer, then sit on the edge of their bed and say, hey, how was your day today? Or if you don't want to ask your son directly about himself, say, Hey, you know, I heard, um, Tommy in your class, um, just started the soccer team. How are things for him? In other words, ask about a kid in his class because often your kids will start to open up talking to you about themselves via talking about their friends. Don't push. Make your visits with your son in the evenings short listen, ask him a question. If they want to answer, great. If they don't want to answer, that's okay too. But if you're gently persisting in coming to your son during a quiet, relaxed moment, and you're not trying to teach him a lesson or pushing him to get information out of him, but you're in a very relaxed fashion, communicating to him that you really just want to know how he is and what's going on, but you don't push him, Over time, he will open up, but it's going to take some time, so be patient.
1: Brianne asks, how do I respond to hearing my daughter say she hates school? She's only in second grade. It's too early for that. With that comes a battle over homework and reading. Help.
0: Brianne, if your daughter is saying that she hates school and she's only been there for a couple of weeks, you need to ride it out. If, however, she persists in saying that she hates school after six weeks or eight weeks, then you need to try to figure out is she really telling you the truth, or is she just saying that because she wants to be home because she still wants it to be summertime? If a second year old persists in saying they hate school, you need to go to the teacher and find out what's going on. Is it because she doesn't have any friends? Is it because another uh, child in the class is being mean to her? Is it because she's having difficulty with the level of work? Um, is there something else going on at home that is stressing her out and she doesn't want to go to school because she doesn't want to be away from home? There are a lot of reasons kids may say, I hate school in second grade. The most common reasons for a child to quote unquote hate school in the second grade really stem from friendship problems or academic problems. The second grade is the time when kids are needing to read more. They have homework now. They're taking tests now. And if they have any difficulties like dyslexia or attention issues, or um, anxiety, they're gonna start to surface in the second grade. And the teachers are often pretty good at picking up on that. So you need to start with talking with her teacher. Can you see any reason, teacher, why my daughter would hate school? And if it persists throughout the fall and into the wintertime, and you know it's not friendship issues, she's got a lot of friends, I would encourage you to maybe have some testing done to make sure she doesn't have a learning issue that could cause her to dislike doing schoolwork. You know, parents, I love answering your questions, so please send them in to Meg at megmeekermd.com. And remember, parents, until next time, great kids are raised. Not born.
1: Hey, this is Bobby, producer of Meg Meeker's Parenting Great Kids podcast. Thanks for listening, and because of your dedication to raising great kids, Dr. Meg's parenting revolution has grown to over 3 million downloads. Head on over to Facebook and Twitter and follow at Meg Meeker MD and check out what's new at MegMeeker.com. And while you're there, sign up for the newsletter to stay updated and get information about giveaways. Don't forget to share the podcast with other parents, subscribe so you won't miss anything, and leave us a review so we know how we're doing.